Hey yo, everybody, welcome back. This is officially season two of the Hoop Chatter Podcast. And if you know this voice, then you know this is Coach Art Morrison III, as always, but a little differently alongside my boys Kevin Tarka and Rob McPherson. And before we jump into this first episode, I wanted to give everyone kind of a heads up of the changes that we made this season, uh, you know, just to provide you all you know better quality episodes as well as um i don't know shoot better quality content all right so listen uh, when we first started this episode it was before the coronavirus uh pandemic so we actually all three of us met up at my office and we shot a ton of episodes um you know in person we ordered some sushi we cracked the wine and we basically went at it we picked a bunch of controversial basketball episodes and we recorded for several hours and had a blast doing it um literally three weeks later is when the coronavirus kind of started creeping up and um you know the pandemic forced us to uh, essentially record more episodes remotely but even before that we were leaning toward that more because we all get very busy it's tough to schedule and record episodes um you know, and get everyone together and free at the same time. But more importantly, you know, things happen in the basketball world that we want to talk about and record ASAP. And we don't have time to spend a week trying to schedule and get everyone, you know, um, in the same room to discuss these things. So between those two things, we opted to start doing episodes remotely. And even with the remote episodes, scheduling was difficult. You know, talk is a full-time a professional basketball agent but larger than that he actually owns his own agency so you guys can imagine the headache that comes with that and if you guys don't know about me you know that i run a full-blown youth bas- basketball organization in new jersey as well as several other businesses and then rob um himself is in the middle of you know getting married uh he's engaged the coronavirus pushed back all his events and all that so it's just kind of been a nightmare this year 2020 but even if it wasn't a nightmare uh, if there's a positive through all this it allowed us all to pivot and really look at the most efficient way to like i said before provide you all quality content um so here we are season two and we are looking forward to providing this more quality content that I continuously keep promising you in episode one of season two. We're still going to bring the guest. We're still going to bring, um, you know, uh, the debates and the controversy, but we're going to do it in a more strategic way where now I get to link up with Tarka in person or over the phone and Rob in person over the phone separately and sometimes remotely all together when it works, but so that we can be more consistent and more clean with our episodes and do the proper research and not try to squeeze a bunch of recordings in one night. Um, Not that that's any of you guys' business, but I love being transparent about how these podcast things go, right? From a production perspective, we've completely cleaned it up this episode and decided to um, give everyone their own segment segment and their own area of expertise, kind of like we did before, except, you know, uh, we don't need all three of us on the podcast at the same time to deliver you this expertise. For example, sometimes Tarka has special guests on uh, you know, his Instagram lives or he has private conversations with big GMs over in Europe or even coaches here in America or current players. And to be respectful of their schedule, you know, he might just wanna hop on the line and, and record with them uh, without me or Rob being present or, or even just 
neither of us being present and it's just Tarka. So we're going to be featuring him a lot more. Same thing with Rob. Rob spends a lot of time more than Tarka and I because he has a little bit more time on his hands, um, you know, watching and studying the game and keeping up with current events, whether it be college or NBA. So with both those things in mind, sometimes we're just going to give Rob the floor without either of us on or maybe just one of us on and allow him to speak on and share his opinion with or without a special guest about where the NBA is headed, some things that are going on, who's leading the league in scoring, who's leading, uh, you know, I mean, you know, what news or what changes has the NCAA made, especially during this weird coronavirus year. But even outside the year, you know, there's always something going on in college and NBA basketball, which is essentially why we started the podcast. So Rob's going to be a huge part there. So don't be surprised if some episodes you get to hear from Rob himself or a special guest um, without my annoying voice intro on every episode right so without further ado let's dive right into episode one i caught up with rob um literally it was the when did i oh actually i caught up with rob this was right after the opening night of the nba bubble if you guys don't know what the nba bubble is the nba is one of the only sports that have successfully figured out a way to continue sports and continue their league safely without jeopardizing the health and safety of their players or their fans by creating this NBA bubble in Orlando, and it was amazing. Um, This also happened not only amidst the coronavirus, but also amidst, um, you know, some of the social injustices that we talked about at the end of last podcast. So, um, yeah, without further ado, here's Rob and I discussing all of that last week. Rob, what's good, bro? Appreciate you hopping on. How you been? What's up, brother? Chilling, man. Just trying to stay sane during this pandemic. You know, hoping that it ends soon, but just happy sports are back, bro. How are you? Can you believe it's still going on, bro? Like, I remember when we did the first episode talking about the pandemic. It was like early March, man. I can't believe it's August. We're, we're, we're still doing this. Hey, man, I don't even know what type of uh, virus this even is, man. Like, <laughs> like they said, they said the, the warm weather would kill it off and then we'd be good. That hasn't happened. It's probably winter again soon. Like, Someone sent me a link to, I think it was like Ralph Lauren. They were selling masks and it said like coming fall 2020. Like it was like a mask, like fall collection. I'm like, fall? <laughs> we don't want this thing during the fall. Like who would have thought, man? But listen, bro, we're a week into the NBA season. So, you know. I had to, uh, you know, had to get you on here to talk your NBA talk. For those of you listening in, obviously, it's episode one. All right. We took a little break. Episode one, season two. So season one was successful. I recommend all of you guys go back and take a listen to season one for two reasons. A, because there's some really cool content, some really dope episodes up there. But for two, you can see how much we improved throughout the season and how awful the podcast was from the beginning. But we're getting better. Um, so if you don't know, Rob is our, I call him the super fan, man, when it comes to college hoops, troll hoops, any type of basketball, man, even some of these high school kid, kids, Rob's always got the inside scoop. And even more than that, always has um, strong and proper insight from a basketball perspective. If you guys don't remember Rob from season one, we were teammates at Division II school, Caldwell University in New Jersey. Rob transferred to Widener University. Um, was that Chester, PA? 
Yeah, man, Chester. Yep, and had a, had an awesome career there. So he is qualified to talk hoops. He's not like somebody who sits behind the 2K, the 2K screen and, you know, stands their favorite player on a podcast and, and calls himself an expert. This guy's put in the work, um, not only off the court, but also on the court as well. So, bro, week in to the NBA season, how you feel about this bubble, man? Yo, honestly, man, I didn't know how I was going to feel about it, to be completely honest, um, just with so many different dynamics. But I think this bubble is producing some great basketball. Absolutely. I mean, I mean we're seeing dudes lock in. We're seeing guys put up numbers that, that you typically wouldn't see put up numbers. Uh, it's really showing who worked on their game during this pandemic, too. Because you're seeing guys come out fast, come out rolling, look like they got the legs. You got guys struggling to find the legs, trying to get a rhythm, man. I, I enjoy it. I mean, for me, I look at it like, you know, when we were on AAU trips and we would be down at the Milk House playing AAU Nationals and it'd be just us and our team and the other teams in the hotels. We all stayed in the same three, four hotels. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Running, running around and it was like, you you would see who you would play maybe in a hotel, you know, you, you would go go to the game, be in the gym and just watch the other games and it's your time to shine. You step in the court and you ball, man. And fully focused, fully locked in. Your exactly. team got synergy. You're in tune with the game. I agree, exactly. bro. I was watching, I actually watched the TBT, the, uh, almost said throwback Thursday, the basketball <laughs> tournament. Hey, that joint was good too. Yeah, I actually tuned in on accident one time and I was like, oh, like, so this is what the bubble's gonna be like. And I was absolutely right. It's just like that, a little better production. And you know, the, NBA, the NBA's got the fake crowd and the animations on the court and all of that. But um, what I noticed, man, is that um, A, I think I said this on a previous episode in season one, I love that you can hear the NBA guys talking, whether it's talking trash, talking to the refs, um, yeah. just just general expressions, even if it's just screaming or or whatever. I, I love that you get that inside look at the NBA. And then everything that you just said, bro, like, yo, you're seeing guys, you see less antics for the crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're you just might, seeing good hoop. Yo, you're just seeing raw hoop. You know what I mean? Um, and you could sell who like don't want to be there and you can tell who's like been dying for this like i'm away from my family all i gotta do is worry about this ball oh and i think it's a i think it's a great thing during the pandemic man nba definitely got it right oh they did for sure they did for sure and and honestly man like you're starting to see the struggles with other leagues like baseball with all the flying and traveling and, and guys contracting covid man I honestly don't even know how the NFL is going to be able to withstand this with as many players. Well, they're not. They you know <laughs> what I mean? There's like, no shot. My good friend, I mean, you know, you know, Mace, he works, um, he, you know, he's a strength and conditioning um, guy for Rutgers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want to obviously, I don't know what I'm allowed to disclose or not. But long story short, you know, there was a report that came out that they got a bunch of COVID cases. But I'm not a football guy. So I asked him the other day, I'm like, Bro, how many players on a football team, bro? He like college yeah, we, is wild, yo. He was like, we got 137. Yeah, college is wild. I'm <laughs> like, yo, cancel this. There's nothing to talk about. Cancel yeah. the season, bro. Like, yeah, you, you gotta think, bro. College, bro. They got some team. Some schools have like a JV squad, uh, and then they got guys. You know, they're about five, sometimes five, six deep at a position, bro. Yeah, yeah. And you got scout team. You got special teams. You got offense. Exactly. You got defense. Eleven on the field at a time. Then you got like people that you're trying to farm, yeah. you know what I mean? Because college, you don't just walk in as a freshman and start red shirts, especially football, because they're not big enough. Exactly, exactly, you know I mean? bro. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. I don't know what the NFL is going to do, but um, 
who cares? You know what I mean? This is the Hoop right. Chatter podcast. We talking about right? the hoops. <laughs> so look, right? So um, real quick, you know, it's episode one. I think that we ended last season talking about the social and you know injustices and the treatment of black people in this country, right? I think that was episode thirty-one. I think we had thirty-two total episodes. Um, so obviously the NBA, I think, did a phenomenal job of shedding light on that subject with the recent killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and so many others who um, have fell victim to whether it be racism or like a hate crime or, you know, have um, had their life taken by the police, which are, you know, paid by tax dollars to protect and serve. Um, so you can obviously see the see the issue there. So with that being said, I think the NBA has done a phenomenal job. But I wanted to know how you feel about it because I have an interesting take on it. Yeah. I want to know how you feel about the overall, what I'm going to call commercialization of protesting. Right. How do you um, feel about it? I mean, I definitely, I definitely, so it's, it's twofold, right? Like, you definitely want to see these sport leagues come out and put their support, more so their dollars, behind um, creating a, a level playing field for, for minorities in this country. Now, in terms of uh, how they're using their platform, I, I'm, I mean, to be honest, I think it's kind of corny. Like, four years ago when Cat knelt, that was the time then for, for organizations to jump on the bandwagon, really, and get behind what we have been protesting about for years. Since okay, so we on the same Trayvon, page. <laughs> since before Trayvon Martin got killed, you feel me? Which was how long ago now? You know yep. what I mean? Like, like 2012 or something like that. Exactly, about eight years, bro. And we've been seeing this for the past eight years. We've been protesting for the past eight years. We've been saying Black Lives Matter for the past eight years and longer, you know, to when my parents were, were kids and trying to fight for, uh, you know, civil rights. You feel me? So, like, now, because it's acceptable and because it's not as brash or really taking a hard line stand yeah. in the sand, yep. it makes it easier. It don't ruffle the, as many players, right? Exactly. Like, the NHL even put out a message for Black Lives Matter and solidarity. They're not kneeling during the anthem, but they right. still do their little message. You know what I mean? MLB's doing it now. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, I agree, bro. And I think, I think, um, you know, like, okay, so for example, the purpose of protesting is to ruffle feathers and make people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do love, like, I got chills when I saw the different um, commercials or you know spots or promotions that they had to, to shed light on the NBA created featuring I think it was Meek Mill they had a Beyonce one right they had a couple of different ones they had black artists singing the national anthem I thought that was powerful now, now I will give the NBA that their media team and how they be putting together little skits and commercials <laughs> that's gonna be A1 like I'll give them that A- like, A1 they, bro they keep it tight but just overall the, like, the overall locking arms team yeah. kneeling all that it yeah, just like, don't hit the same because it's, it's not, like it's would staged. you it's staged. Well, yeah, it stays and it's like would you kneel by yourself, first of all, right? Mm-hmm. When everybody didn't have your back, which you know, obviously Kaepernick showed what in the NFL mm-hmm. and no one, literally no one, not one person in the NBA, um knelt during that time, even though they knew the message and everyone spoke out on Everybody, every single person was asked about it. Every black person, from LeBron to everybody. And they all said the same thing. Well, you know, police brutality, blah, blah, We must recognize why he's kneeling. And it got spun into him disrespecting the flag and blah, blah, blah. I think, and I hope we don't, you know, I don't lose no, I really don't care. But, you know, if we lose subscribers or whatever to the, because of this statement, I think now is the time to disrespect the flag. 
I think now is the time to, instead of kneeling, sit your ass on the bench with kneeled back looking like a whole a-hole to send your message. I mean, I would, because I would, that I, much I get, is I get necessary. You know so what I'm saying? Get, I get what you're saying, but the only issue with that is, the only issue with that is, even with the people, I'm going to say the people that are mad about those that are kneeling and they already hide, they hijacked the initial protest from right. the very beginning and took it to something it's not even about and they're still doing that to this day and they even like it's crazy to me people are still saying it's about the, the, the flag and military still say it blows my mind and they're still saying it so then i can only imagine how what even worse type of uh goalpost moving they'll do if someone's actually sitting back lean back stretching you know leg folded you know well that's kind so, of my point right like that's what you want though you want them to feel uncomfortable to a certain extent you want them to like oh, they are Oh, they already uncomfortable just by them kneeling on the anthem, bro. Like to some people, bro. Like I, I just don't even get. To be honest, I don't even understand why we even play the anthem on domestic sports anyway. Like if it's the it's it's the Lakers versus the Utah Jazz in the NBA in America. Like even when Toronto pulls up, if they're playing in 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 a, in a North American uh, in an American sports league. We shouldn't be even playing the anthem. What's, I'm just trying to figure out what's so like why is the anthem such a vital part of yeah. sports? Like yeah, I can see the I Olympics. Agree. I see the Olympics. That's one thing. When you win, you play the anthem for your country. Like our country just be, you know, we just be Germany. What's up? Like we're playing the Star Spangled Banner. But for domestic sporting events and so much around, like just take the anthem out. What's the big deal? I'm uh, just yeah. I feel what you're saying. My thing is like it is a pivotal part, and that's fine. Like Cap was sitting. He consulted a, a, a former Marine. Mm-hmm. Right and told him to kneel. So even kneeling was I won't say a cop out, but even kneeling was like trying to pay respect, try, trying to pay respect. Right, and I just think at some point, as black people as a whole, we have to lose respect. For example, a couple years ago, Donald Sterling made his racist comments. Got it got caught on tape with the Clippers. The Clippers had the prime, the most prime opportunity in the history of sports to walk out and and flex the power of the player. What did they do? They they, 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 they wore shirts, took the shirts off, put them in the middle of the court, but still went out and played and entertained the people despite the comments of the owner. And I'm not saying that they're wrong for that. I mean, I am saying they're wrong for that, but I'm not. They shouldn't have played. I'm not holding it against them, right? But what I'm saying is, as the years go by, right, we're looking five, ten years later, racial injustices and 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 racism and ownership and. Um, lack of representation of minorities and ownership years and years it is going on at some point something drastic has to has to be done and i'm not hey, saying hey, it yo, needed you to know be what's done really funny bubble. about this yeah you know what's really funny about this when jay-z hopped on with the nfl remember remember when that happened and we were all like why is why is hope doing this why uh-huh. is he partnering with them and all that but then remember he made a statement he was like yo we're past kneeling right this is what he's talking about we're right. at the point where all right like now that kneeling is up to the court, like we're past that. But he said this what a year ago, two years ago now, almost two. Like, yeah, he was like, we're past that. And at that point, no one got it. Everyone's like, we were past kneeling, but now it's registering because it's so accepted that it's not even rough. It's not doing anything, bro. It's not. It's not doing anything at all. It's like bigger than Cat having a job. He still don't have a job, and nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, um, it's bigger. It's so much bigger, bro. It's like we need representation. So when one of our biggest figures, like jay-z is willing to represent us when no one else is in the nfl we'll all stand back and say it's racist they they treat us like 
It's like slaves. The owners don't look at us as human. Odell Beckham just said as recent as two days ago, the owners don't treat us like humans. Okay, but you're still playing. Yo, and that's my thing about that's my thing about another thing about football with dudes with me, man, that rubs my feathers. It's like they do all this complaining, but when it's time for the uh, NFLPA for the CBA to come up, and y'all could hold out and not play, y'all quick to sign the CBA and get. Yeah, that's my. Even even the bubble was an opportunity for guys to hold out. Like you already home, it's already quarantine, and nobody was trying to hold out. Now I wanted sports. You know what I mean? But people like Kyrie Irving and guys like that, even Dwight Howard, who has, who has spoken out about it, I wasn't totally against what they were saying. It was like, yo, now's the time. The season already cut in half. It's already weird. We don't have to take our butts there and, and participate in this bubble thing. And people try to spin it like, yeah, but the income we make, we could put towards our community. That income is str- extremely minor and minuscule, right? Um, when it comes to the financial power control of black people in the country and, and the injustices. Like you're you're three million dollars a year before taxes to hoop is not altering or helping the cause at all. But now that's where but that's where they gotta hold these companies feet to the fire and say to the okay, fire. We'll come back and play, but fifty percent of all revenue from this goes to these organizations or these targeted communities. Right. And in that way, not only and, and, and that will come out of the players' money, the players' pockets too. That's fifty percent of the revenue, of course. But that way you have a unified stance and you're making these corporations put the money with the mouth is like putting Black Lives Matter on the court, putting the the quotes on the back of jerseys, all that sweet and cool. I Number hate one, the jersey you, thing. They, there's, I mean they're stupid, <laughs> but like after you look at it, it's like are you selling that jersey like that? Where the proceeds from that sold jersey goes to uh, BLM or targeted African American communities in the country or targeted black owned businesses. You know what I mean? Like, what's the point? Right, if right. If the, 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 what really needs to keep any movement going is money. You need you need steam. You need you need traction. You need a, a central focus, and you need money. So unless we're holding their feet to the fire to put their dollars where their mouth is, then there's no point. I mean, it's, it's really no point. It's, it's just to say, like, oh, we, we played during the pandemic. You know, this championship was won. We did a bubble. We did it the right way. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yo, this we're 16 minutes in, and we've only talked politics. But obviously, it's, it's necessary, <laughs> and it's a, it's a big, like, you know, um, thing right now in the country. And then me and you as black men, like, we, we do have a duty to talk about it and, and shed light to it. Oh, um, sure. But, you know, to kind of segue into playing, Mm-hmm. In a in a weird way, um, John Isaac, right? That's his name. No, what's his yeah, name? Yeah, Jonathan Isaac. You got John, it. John Isaac, Lando Magic, mm-hmm. did not kneel, along with not kneeling, did not wear a Black Lives Matter shirt. Right. Talked. To, uh, what was his statement? That basically, bro. Long story short, it was like all lives matter, basically. But what, do you remember what his statement was? He, he like uh, tied he in was, religion, and he was basically saying um, he doesn't feel kneeling for the anthem um, or wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt really changes. He felt like it really wasn't doing anything. Like, right. not that he didn't agree with the movement. He just felt like, okay, doing all that's cool, but like, that's not really changing anything in the grand scheme of things. Right. Like, so me and you just said that. We agree with him. Right. Which, I, which is why I don't... But I still disagree with him not being in solidarity with his team and with the movement. If that exactly. makes sense, and that and that's and that's where that's where that's my that's my point. If yep. he was going to do that, 
then I feel like the team should have known. Or he should have stayed his ass in the locker room. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> right. You feel me? But then or, or sit. It, or sit. Or sit. But then to do it. And then your reasoning behind it, like, was that, but then you try to turn it into your religion, which I, I'm really irritated that people try to use religion as a cop out. Um and listen. You, you feel me? Um, but to try to turn it into religion, it's just like you didn't really seem prepared for your statement. Or why you really decided to do it? Um, you didn't. So, you didn't think twice, or or double, or double, whatever the term is I'm looking for, about what the reaction and what the perception would be, which is right. which is everything, man, everything. Right. And he seems like a good kid, so nobody, nobody that like in the league really gave backlash. Like that's your teammate, that's your brother. They're gonna do what they do. But at the end of the day, you're my teammate, you're my brother. Then. Take this knee with me, bro. No matter how dumb you think it is, look, I think it's dumb too. But if this is what we're doing, then this is what we're doing. Period. That's just my my thing. Especially in a team setting, it's bad enough we're not taking a knee by ourselves and all of that. But like, I don't know, man. That that stance was odd. Um, later, he ended up actually tearing his ACL in his knee, which is ironic. I saw a lot of people. What was um, crazy is he his knee was messed up. So now there's speculation that he really didn't kneel because he couldn't with his knee, with that big brace on. Come on, bro. Which is like, all right. Like, all right, come on, bro. You, you know what I mean? He went but, out and played a whole game. Like, stop. It's, it's, an, unfortunate, it's an unfortunate twist of events. Right? It's an unfortunate twist. I saw people, what I was saying was I saw people kind of like, that's what you get kind of thing, which is absolutely wrong, bro. It's not what he gets. Um, so, I, you know, I wish a fast recovery to him. And I hope that when his knee heals and he gets back playing and all that, I hope that God or, you know, Jesus speaks to him and you know like for example people who supported jesus no nah, nah, don't get me started you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. but you get where i'm going with it like didn't necessarily agree with all his methods but if they were in support right they were expected to fall in line and you know be a part of the movement right um not never mind you know what i'm saying <laughs> you get what yeah. i'm saying though? No, like, I, I, for those I, I, who exactly for those who for those who read the Bible, right, Jesus, his disciples, his followers, like they didn't believe in him essentially being blasphemous to what the standard of religion was at that time and, you know, defying all the gods at that time with him supposedly being a miracle worker and all that. But if you were a follower of Jesus, you had to just kind of shut up and get down with the crew and wait until he worked his, not magic, poor choice of words, but wait until, you know, he worked his miracles and, and, People you know, d- d- deliver, yeah, d- deliver, <laughs> deliver the word of God, period, right? So, yeah, uh, I'm just using that analogy. It's like, yo, bro, if you're down with the movement or you're for black people, right? Like, I don't agree with everything that the Black Lives Matter movement or any movement I don't, for that I don't matter think, is I don't doing. Think any, I don't think anybody does, but if we're in such a society where it's so polarizing, like it's black or white, it's left or right, and it's far left or far right. There's no, <laughs> there's no middle. And that's for everything. That's politics. That's uh, any type of movement. Any type, like for example, Pop is a prime example of he didn't kneel for the anthem. He has his own reasons why he doesn't, but he's also still for Black Lives Matter for the movement, and he speaks on it all the time. So it doesn't have to be one or the other. That's why for me, I'm not vilifying Jonathan Isaac for not kneeling or whatever. But it's also like your response to why you didn't was was it was lackluster. Right. Like if, you, like if you're gonna be a black man and not kneel in solidarity with the movement, then you better come 100 with your response to why you didn't 
and what and what you what you're doing in the community because it's gonna it's gonna be ass. That's like if I walked outside with a with a MAGA hat on, bro. Like I'm not walking out there and just being like, oh, I like to wear it. the hat's cool. I just want to wear it. Like, nah, I better have a good response. Why? You, you, you know what I mean? It's like similar to that. Like, cool. You, you, you're not you're not kneeling, but okay. Why? Pop gives it 100. It's my personal reasons, but then he goes on monologues about systematic oppression and racism in this country and how it's our national sin. And he's been doing that for three, four been, years. And he, exactly. Exactly. And that's why. And and that's and that's all I ask with anyone with 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 the movement, like. Or with whatever you're doing, keep your energy you, consistent. Yes, do whatever you do, but then don't don't get mad when you're asked about it because you're going to be asked about it. So have 100%. your statement ready. Hundred percent, guys. Twenty three minutes in, still on the topic of politics. Let's say <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's get into a little man. bit, Rob. I appreciate your opinion, man. Because it, again, like I said, we have a duty and it's important that we speak about it and just share our opinion. And if anybody disagrees yep, yep. or whatever. Feel free to hit the DMs. Don't forget, you can follow us at Hoop Chatter Podcast. If you disagree or want to argue a debate, that's what the podcast is for. Shoot us a DM. We'll have you on here. We can talk about it. Um, unless you're racist, then we won't have you on here. <laughs> um, uh, nah. Right, right. <laughs> but yo, um, straight to hoops. Yes, sir. All right. We watched a week of basketball. I saw some really nice things outside of the whole concept of the bubble. Um, I saw a lot of improvements from players. I saw a lot of impressive plays. Some players not missing a beat. Some looked a little off. Some of the games, those first couple of games, there's a lot of rust out there. But oh, yeah. I like to see it. It was cool to see some of my favorite players and favorite talents come out rusty. But with all that being said, I don't know if you remember, episode one, season one, you were the first, at that time, a guest on here. You were not even yet a co-host. We talked about projections of teams, MVP, all of that i want to do that one more time for the bubble before we get out of here okay. i want to know now in hindsight most improved player the team to watch right now top mvp candidate all that in whatever order all right so uh let me see here most improved Ooh, most improved i'm leaning i'm leaning towards brandon Ingram. Um, for most improved, hmm. um, and the and the reason why is because he's taken a huge jump forward with the Pelicans this year. Um, I mean, he's averaging career highs across the board. Um, you know, they're fighting for a playoff spot. I believe they're one and a half games back now after beating Memphis. So they could get in the playoffs. And, and they had a lot of injuries. You know what I mean? So it's not like they just... A lot of injuries. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? They're a young squad. But they have a lot of talent. Um, I, I'm leaning towards Ingram, man. He's putting up 24 points per game. He's points. tough. Simply Four put, assists. he's tough. You know what I'm saying? 46% from the field, 38 and a half and three. Um, you know, he 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 got he got, he got got it all with him, man. Right? So I'm, I'm leaning towards Ingram with most improved. Absolutely. So look, when we talk... At the beginning of the season, we talked about the Miami Heat. You were right on, right spot on with them. They shocked everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I think we talked a little bit about the Raptors. You were spot on with them. And, you know, you cheated a little bit because half the season was popped out, right? So you didn't have to be right about 82 games. You only had to be right about, you know, about 60, 65 of them, right? But right. Um, how do you feel about, you know, the NBA standings right now and who... Um, you know, just, just just tell me about how you feel about the teams, the matchups, 
Yeah, um, yeah, what, yeah. what teams you think are dangerous and what teams you think are all fluff, all talk? <clears throat> Sixers. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I was just about to say. Uh, so one team I think that's trending down is Philadelphia, and until, in my opinion, everybody wants to blame coaching. I just don't think they have a roster that fits itself. Ben Simmons and Embiid do not complement each other on the basketball court, and then you throw in Al Horford, who clogs the lane. He can shoot stretch, you know, stretch corner three, but he's not a perimeter player. Like they don't have enough shooting, they don't have enough, they don't have enough spacing. They're a team that's trending down, in my opinion. I can see them get a bounce in the first round. What about the Celtics? Celtics, they—they're an anomaly to me, man. They like, could go either way right now. They, 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 they could trend yeah. down. They could, yeah. They could really go either way. Tatum hasn't really played consistent. Um, since he's being another, there. he's another tough one. Oh my oh, god, he's, he's a he's a bucket, but I just need more consistency. From Numbers him. wise, yeah, yeah, like like I just need more consistency. From Is Kemba playing? I haven't caught a Celtics game. He, Kemba, he not, Kemba's playing. I haven't heard anything about Kemba Walker. I haven't even me saying his name out loud right now is the first time hearing his name yeah, since the had, bubble. He had, he had fourteen versus Portland in twenty two minutes. Mm, okay. You feel me? I think he's I think he's working his way back because against Milwaukee the first game he had 19 minutes, 22 versus Portland. Oh, okay. So he's on limited restricted minutes right now. Yeah, I, th- I think they're working him back um, because they're going to make the playoffs. So I don't think they're really and there's no home court advantage in this bubble. So if you know you can make the playoffs and you're locked in, you might just work your guys back a little bit. Understood. You know I mean? um, so Boston's either way. Um, Milwaukee is steady. But I like the Raptors in the East right now. I like the Raptors in the East right now, man. They are playing good basketball. They're locked in. They got their own little three-headed monster with Lowry, Van Vliet, and Siakam. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have – what they don't have is that superstar that, you know, late in the game, you know they're going to to get a bucket, which I can also think that can, that can make them more dangerous because it, it keeps the defense honest. Right. right. Um, I really like them a lot. A lot. You getting a call, bro? I think you getting a call? No, it was a, it was a flash flood warning because um, of the rain. Yeah, yeah. Weather's bad here, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. You said Milwaukee? Yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors catch Milwaukee in the East, to be completely honest. What? Just because of how, just cause how they're playing, man. Like, there's something about Milwaukee I just don't trust. I just don't trust, and I and we haven't seen Giannis have that success in the playoffs yet. You know, when they shorten the court on him and make him uncomfortable, uh, I just don't know if his perimeter game is there yet to 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 uh, rise above a stacked, uh, loaded paint or loaded uh, shortened court in the half court against him right now. So he got you got Toronto coming out the East actually. Well, yeah. no, are they doing East West or no? No, nah, they are. They are. They're doing East West. So I got, I got. Depending on the seedings, well, yeah, Toronto's two, so they would meet in the conference finals if Milwaukee gets there. Um, yeah, I can see. I mean, I can see Toronto coming out, but I mean, but Toronto could also run into. Um, they could run into Philly. Right. You feel me? Or the Heat. So, but Milwaukee could run into the Bucks. Or, I mean, you, you, you mean the uh, Celtics. So, yeah, the Celtics, I'm sorry. They can run into Boston. So, like, there's going to be some movement with the seedings, um, but it should make for a good playoffs in the East. Now, in the West, I mean, Lakers Lakers locked up, you know, home, not home court, first seed last night. Um, looking at how it shakes out, they probably have 
They could run into Houston, depending on where Houston falls. I thought Houston was like the five seed right now. Houston, Houston's four right now. They're one game ahead of. They're half a game ahead of the Jazz. Oh, so you're saying second round they would they would run into Houston? Yeah. Oh, like okay. They, or, yeah. yeah. So you just you just skipping the first round. You know they're not losing the first round. <laughs> they're not losing it. They well, the only thing is that they get so. <laughs> so if Memphis can hold on, Lakers will beat Memphis. But if Portland comes in at that eighth seed, scary. That shake yeah, that shakes some things up. But I don't um, think they're messing with AD. No, nah, that, that 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 man's a problem. So yeah. I like I like the Lakers out west. Surprisingly, what I'm about to say here, dark horse that is really kind of scary, is uh, Denver yeah. with their with their length. But, I think you but, said that at the beginning of the season too. I'll give you yeah. that. That was another win you had. You said you called out Denver. Bro, but that was before group. that was before Bull Bull came back and Michael Porter had like thirty five or thirty seven the other night. Yep. Yep. Young guns, and but but my my scary dark horse in this West is Houston. And the that's the one I was, why, I'm gonna take credit for that one. Yeah, I'm gonna take credit for that. I called that one out. That small ball. I mean, I'll let you talk about it, but that small that, ball it, is that's, impressive. That, that's what I was gonna get at, bro. Because teams have to match up to them. Like you, you like you can't, you can't, you can't. You can force the ball inside all you want, but it, like for example, when they play the Bucks, you got big Brook Lopez and Robin Lopez out there. Slow, like they can't close. They they can't close out on the shooters on the defensive end fast enough, and keeping them that extended from the paint is like no point in having them out there. They're not yeah. Rimping. And then Harden so crafty inside is like you're not blocking it. You're gonna foul. Exactly. Russ Westbrook is so explosive inside. He might as well be the same height as Robin Lopez. So exactly. like, don't really matter. You know what I'm saying? And then they score in bunches because they shoot threes. They shoot a lot of threes. And if they get hot. You know, Daniel House or Covington. You know what I mean? They come in. What was bigger than that, threes. though? The, the worst, the only thing worse than the threes, because they're not even as great as shooters as Houston has been in the past when right. they had a reason and all that. And, you know, Gordon's hurt. Yo, they're playing D right now. And they that's are. what's scary is that they're playing they D and getting out in transition. They, like, that's because they switch everything. Switch everything, smother switch your everything. guards, smother your bigs. Your bigs get it. They're flustered. A lot of quick hands down there. They're not as scared to foul, right? So that's a fact. Yeah, I, I like them a lot. I mean, I've said it from the top of the season. I desperately want James Harden and Russell Westbrook to silence the haters and, and get a championship. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be this year, but yeah, I, 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 even if it's even if it's just get to a championship, right? Um, which I know I'm a Laker fan. I know you're you're a Bron fan, so we're not really trying to hear that because that would mean that you know the the, the, the Lakers. And the Amen. Clippers, right, would, would, would not be in the championship and it would taint bronze legacy and blah, blah, blah. Man, but listen, I, I know I need, I need Bron, is, He need to kick up. That's what he need to do. <laughs> These yeah. last couple games, he's been looking a little shaky. So I think as Bron fans or as old guys, I'm going to call me and you, 30-year-olds, we say that. But when you're LeBron James, you got a guy like AD on, on your team who, in my opinion, is number two or number three MVP candidate. Oh, well, he's, I, I, he's I top he, five in the league. Oh, for sure. He's top five. He's top opinion. five in the league. And I, I think that if if there's ever a time that LeBron James can slowly work his way back or take a back seat or just focus on facilitating and chill a little bit, it's definitely in an NBA bubble in Orlando when you have a top five player on your team, maybe for only the second time in your career. Right, you would you could maybe argue D Wade when they first linked up in Miami was top five. Um, Kyrie at the end, at the end of Cleveland, he 
maybe was top five, but I wouldn't even say that because you got KD and Steph who was going crazy at that time. Westbrook was MVP, harder. So I wouldn't even say that that Kyrie was top five in 2016. I would say AD is the first 100% definite this guy is a top five player that, oh. Bron's, that Bron's had. You know what I mean? Oh, my God, yeah. Like, I mean, even even last night watching the game, it's like, all right, when is Bron going to kick up? And then you look up, AD had... You know, dag on their thirty at half. <laughs> yeah, you feel me? Like it's like, nah. You feed, like you keep feeding that, you keep feeding that monster down there, man. Like, and, and that's the thing. He's hitting threes. He's rebounding. He's blocking. He's boarding. He's defending. He's switching out on guards. He does everything on the court. Like AD is a monster. Yeah, he's like he's like Giannis of the West. Yo, in my in in, in, in so I actually was on a Twitter argument this morning. Uh, shout out to my young guy Kendall, <laughs> and uh, he was saying how AD is not top five. And I'm like, who's your five? He said, no order. Uh, Bron, Katie, Kawhi, uh, Harden, and Giannis. And I'm like, well, well, number one, I was like, Giannis, what does he do better than Anthony Davis? Well, I'm going to say this. Your friend's right, except for KD. AD is only top five because KD ain't hooping. Ooh, and you got to think. Even with KD in there, bro, I'm putting AD over Giannis. And, he, and I'm like, what does is, what is Giannis do better on the basketball court? He can say, all he says is, Giannis won MVP, and I'm like, well, you can't base it off MVP alone because we all know that's a biased award. Like, the best player doesn't always win the MVP. So let's talk just straight hoop. What does Giannis do better than Anthony Davis on the court? Lead. I would say no. Where's he led Milwaukee? Nah, <laughs> nah. He, he's led them to the number one seed two years in a row. Okay, what? when, when did Anthony Davis ever have a, a Chris Middleton or Eric Bledsoe in, in New Orleans? Anthony Davis had ample time to be higher than, I think the highest he's been is a seven seed, correct? Bro, they, he had nothing in New Orleans. Nah, bro, he had, he had cousins at one point. He had he had cousins for half a season, and he got hurt before the playoffs. No, I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I don't think AD's better than Giannis, bro. Ooh. I, I think it's very cool. Like I said, he's Giannis of the West. But Giannis has proven, bro, that he can be the best. Like, so if you, what I'm saying is this: if you gave, if you replace Chris Middleton and LeBron, 36 year old LeBron, like you'd be saying the same thing about Giannis versus AD. Like Giannis is better, like because Yo, Anthony Davis was- has the freedom. He has Anthony Davis has the best point guard in the league on his team. Think about Yo, that. that. That that's a fact. Um, replacing Anthony Davis or LeBron, I'm sorry, or LeBron with Chris Middleton. Yo, honestly, I don't even know if I will. I feel like Giannis and Le- well, first off, LeBron can work with anybody, but it would be easier to defend Giannis and LeBron than Giannis and Anthony. Well, Davis yeah, I'm saying I'm not talking about from a conceptual like if they played. I'm talking about like from a pressure perspective. You have a player like LeBron on you. There's a lot of pressure off off Giannis, right? If you have a player like LeBron on your team. There's a lot of he averages the most assists in the league. Like you're eating, bro. Like a lot of ads uh, points, but not even points, but just availability, um, rebounding, and shot opportunities comes from LeBron James creating plays, right? It ain't like hey, we giving it to AD and clearing out, which is a lot of that, right? Don't get me wrong, AD gets his buckets, but a lot of that is off pick and roll, screen to screener, drive and kick, miss shot, AD for the rebound because LeBron created a lot of attention kicked it to what's supposed to be a shooter in Kuzma or one of these guys that's supposed to be hitting shots, Danny Green. Okay, I, I, I can't stand all that. <laughs> right? But they're bricking threes and, and AD's cleaning it up and finishing, right? At the end of the day, he is bigger than Giannis, right? Taller and girthier. 
So, oh, pause. Giannis, Giannis, Giannis might have Giannis taller, bro. Giannis is not taller, bro. He's longer. His arms longer. He's Yo, not Giannis, taller than AD. Giannis really seven foot, bro. Yo, AD is crazy <laughs> tall, bro. We gotta Yo, look they, up the actual. I mean, you know, the heights never are true on NBA.com. Yeah, there's some, there's some linky dudes out there just be running the court, bro. Like that's the NBA wild for that, honestly. If you think about it, like there's some big boys when they do the rail cam at the bubble, the, the little side camera. Yo. I was looking like at Porzingis monsters, like, oh my God. <laughs> Porzingis looked crazy. Him and Boban against Houston Small Ball looked crazy. Yeah, nah, that's OD. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just OD, bro. Like, that's a lot of length out there, yo. Like, and then you add a Ke- Kevin Durant in the mix who's a whole guard at that height. Whole guard, you know I mean? man. Like, oh, it's unbelievable. Um, lastly, man, I did want to, one person we didn't show love to, we talked about their team, but James Harden, man, how do you feel about him personally, the way he's come back, his game, I feel like he's in shape, feet yeah, faster. Yeah, um, I wanted to give him his flowers for that because we, we always give him a hard time for being a fat boy out there. I give him a hard time a lot because he don't defend. Um, and that person just, like, I, I don't, I, it, must be, it must be it must be with age, right? I'm about to be 30, you know, so I'm wising up a little bit. I, I Like, you know, he can hoop. Like, Harden can really hoop. Uh, he's an automatic buck. Like, he's, he gets probably the most effortless 30 on the court like I've seen in a while like he's a walking 30 um now he's very he's very uh was it manic like when he's on he's on but when he's off he's oh, yeah. off yeah, you know, yeah like his stats look wild when he's off but when he's on there's nobody in the league that can that can mess with him manic was like such a that. good word that's hilarious uh, <laughs> I, I love I love I love I love I love the his ability with the ball in his hands to control tempo to like a defender's never knowing what he's gonna do but if you watch defenders defend them they're always nervous you just see you see hands going up and down feet pattering they're on the balls of their feet they don't know which way he's gonna go if he's gonna step back if he's gonna shift like his offensive skill set is incredible like i don't think we've seen an offensive package like that man probably since kobe Honestly. Yeah, I was gonna say that the other day in our little group chat, but I was like, nah, I don't, I don't even feel nah. like arguing. No, nah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say it, yo. We haven't seen an offensive package like that. Like a defender is on edge the entire game defending him. They never are like, I know he's going to this go-to move. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, nah, like he has counters and triple counters, and like his package is amazing, man. Like in, in all actuality. I think he really should be the MVP. I mean, I get it. Giannis team is first in the East. I get it. You know, Brown. It's definitely a strong argument for MVP, man. But, yo, know, he's averaging 35 points per game, and they're running a system without a center. <laughs> and, they're in the, and they're in the West, you know. Everybody's beating each other up out there. Every, yeah. yeah, the West is different, man. Like, how do we how do we look at somebody averaging 35 per game and just ignore that? Like, that's a lot of points to average. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. Like, when you got a volume shooter, another volume shooter like Westbrook on your team. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. But he not only scores, he's getting the assists too. Yeah. And, and you don't have a third, you know, really a third um, piece. You don't really have like a, you don't have a big three there. You know what I'm saying? So nah. like. Nah. Bro, mm. 30, 34, 34, six and seven assists or 43% from the field and 35 from three with that much volume of shooting. I mean, what are we talking about here, bro? <laughs> he, he averaged, he, think about it, the last three years of his career, he averaged 30, 36, and 34. 
Dang, bro. And yeah. he played seventy. He played seventy-two games and seventy-eight games last year. So it's not like he's playing fifty games like some low management Kawhi. He's playing, you know, dad near the whole season putting up these numbers. Bro, you're absolutely right. There's definitely a conversation to be had there for sure, for sure, for sure. Now I know you hate this guy. Maybe you've matured and changed. Last person too, because you know we gotta go. We said we wanted to keep the episode under thirty minutes, and we had forty-two minutes. <laughs> but it's episode one, so again, we everybody, gotta make, we gotta get it out there. We gotta play catch up. Make sure you guys follow at Hoop Chatter Podcast on IG. Um, you know, don't forget like and subscribe to Above Max Basketball on YouTube. Some of these episodes will be posted on the video as well as some clips and sound bites from these episodes. But anyway, I know you hate this guy, Paul George. How do you feel about how he's playing offs? How do you feel about how he's playing in the bubble? Yo, I don't I don't hate Paul George. I don't hate Paul George. I think I think Paul has underachieved in his career with his Mm. with his skill set and package. That's why it's not like I don't hate like so I don't I don't I don't I don't hate him. Yo, I like Paul George game is silky smooth. Like it's silky smooth, bro. At six what, six nine, six ten. The way he handles the ball in the lane, step back shot, when he gets rolling. He's another guy where you just like the NBA has so many guys, man. Like Paul George gets rolling, you're like, yo, he like when he's, he's on, you like he like he's top ten. He may be top five. Like, you know, like yeah. like you know, like he really can hoop. It's just he has stretches, I think, at the worst times where he mainly playoffs, where he goes inconsistent for cold. Now, granted, he's been injured the last couple of years with the shoulders and different things. You know, he came back from that freak accident with his leg. For him to even be at this level is amazing in itself, to be completely honest. Mm. Um, and I respect the hell out of that guy for that, yo. Like, he, he's 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 a thorough, real guy. Um, you know, I just, for me, I would have wanted to see him, you know, get to a finals. I would have wanted to see him and Russ probably have a better turnout than they did. Yeah. Um, and then kind of how they broke up and then he went to Kawhi and how they've been wanting to do that for years. I was like, ah, this is kind of corny, yo. But um, I also got to look at it like, yo, Paul wasn't going through Miami when he was in the East. <laughs> and then when he came out West, you know, Golden State was doing their thing with KD and Steph. So it's like he never was really in a great position to make a run at a championship until probably now. Like, you know, all emotions aside, just looking at it like, you know, honestly, like, he really didn't, he wasn't really in no position. Like, that Indiana team wasn't beat like Yeah. You know what I mean? When he came over to the West with the Thunder, that team wasn't built to beat the Warriors or go up against the LeBron Lakers before he got hurt and the mother teams, you know? So we'll see now. We'll see, you know, this year, we'll see. And then from here on out, we'll see how him and Kawhi pair next year. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that. I like the way they play. I like the way they defend and everything. I don't know if they're going to come out this bubble. Um, just with the way the West is performing right now. Um, I, I, think, really... I think they got too many guys, honestly. I yeah, think they got too many guys. Lou Will that... hasn't even played yet. Like, yeah, they're scary. They're definitely they're, scary. They're scary. They're scary, but my thing is, the more mouths you have to feed, the more the more you're taking the food away from them two wolves. Like, I like, I like, I like the Clippers with, like, the less is more approach. When you get when without like Montrez, approach. exactly, you don't have Montrez, you don't have Lou, but now 
you got to get the ball to Paul. You got to get the ball to Kawhi more. Mm. Like, you got to utilize the stars. Now they can't rest and be like, yo, Lou, go take over for the next six minutes. Yo, Montrez, we will feed you for the next four or five possessions on the court. Now it's like, yo, Kawhi and Paul, like, Kawhi, Kawhi and Paul, sorry. Get it going. <laughs> Paul and like, Kai. <laughs> yeah, you feel me? Like, when, when, uh, like the Lakers game. Paulie got hot. He came up hit like three threes in a row within the last like two minutes and made it a game. Like they was going down to the wire, but then you had Kawhi hitting threes too. And them little mid-range fadeaway step backs. You know what I mean? Like I love seeing that. I almost this NBA now is almost better because you're seeing a lot of dynamic duos and you're seeing them really go in. I was at the beach the other day and somebody was saying to me, like they're real excited because the NBA hasn't been this widespread in regards to talent. And like oh really having the dynamic duo thing on, on multiple on multiple teams, and it really being a toss up of somebody winning the chip, you haven't had this in years. Like literally Bro, since like it's before. probably been since twenty ten when the Lakers won the last chip versus the uh, yeah the, between between the, the ten Magic. And, yeah between twenty ten and twelve like before Brown went to Miami. Brown went to Miami that summer and, after, and, and, and after they played the, Lakers, the Mavs and yeah. lost. So it's yeah. probably 2010 for real, because since Brown went to Miami, he did them four years, and then when that went up, it was going to stay Cleveland. I, I would even say those Kyrie couple. I, I would even say those. I wouldn't even say then, bro, because like the Lakers got their two chips before that. It was Boston, so there was still the big three in Boston. You had LA. I would say before that, I would say like between like Shaq and Wade's chip. Like no, no from, from the Pistons, you know, yeah, the 05 Pistons, all the way up until. Boston formed the big three in 0708. So it's been it's been almost it's been twelve years since it's been like this. Yo, then they're fifteen, right? So um, you know, I'm excited to see kind of what the future holds for the league, even outside of the bubble. I don't yep. even want to begin to think about like you know okay, what I'm is, is it gonna be a bubble next, year, next season too? Like <laughs> But but next year I'm really excited for that Cole, for that uh Kyrie and K B. Oh my gosh. I'm real like I like I meant like I yo I miss Kevin Durant, Easy Money <laughs> Sniper 35, you know, in the water, PG County, let's stand up, man. I miss my guy. Hoopy. Oh, my God. Now I miss my guy. guy. I miss my guy. That's Hoopy. our time, guys. It's time for <laughs> us to go. It's 47 minutes. Uh, we will talk on another episode about how Rob truly feels or has felt during Kevin Durant's Golden State Warriors year, uh, years about his PG County counterpart. In the um, water, baby. But yeah, I am excited to talk about. <laughs> I am excited to talk about Kyrie and and KD's potential next year, um, next year debut. But for the meantime, Rob, I'll catch you on another episode. I'm excited to talk more hoops. I'm sure next time we wrap, maybe Tarka will be on with us, yes, and sir. we will, um, you know, we'll talk about just the playoffs, man. It'll probably be the next time we really dive this deep into the NBA. But until then, man, you already know how we do. Chat later. Peace. Peace, bro. All right, guys. So as you can see, Rob and I are pretty passionate about the NBA, where it's headed, as well as their stance on, um, you know, the uh, position of black people and the way they're treated in this country, right? We're pretty passionate about it. So our, our plan was to talk for about 10 to 15 minutes. We ended up talking for 45 minutes, but it was good stuff. If you guys can't tell, Rob and I haven't caught up in a while from a basketball perspective. So it was good to let it all out on episode one of Hoop Chatter, but we're not done yet, okay? We can't leave here without hearing from my boy, Kevin Tarka, the super agent. So with that being said, 
Um, we're going to turn it right over to Tarka. He came over to my house and we caught up about, um, you know, some NCAA stuff, some recruiting stuff, um, and the future of the NBA after this bubble. If you guys don't remember Tarka, he's obviously, like I just said, a super agent, but he's a um, NBA, NBPA certified agent as well as a FIBA agent over in Europe. And he has a lot of insight on where uh, both of those leagues and administrations are headed amidst the virus and how it's um, going to affect this upcoming basketball season from a collegiate and professional level. Check it out. Tarka, what's great, bro? I'm in. Ready to kick off season two. And get back to what we love doing, man. Yeah, welcome back, man. I had a great conversation with Rob. We talked some NBA. So, you know, I had to get you on right after to talk, uh, shoot, your your wheelhouse, man. Like, what's going on in the agent space and all that. But before we do, how did quarantine treat you? Not even quarantine, just our time off from the podcast. Because I guess we we had podcasts from last year. We did, we did. Uh, it's been it's been interesting to say the least. Uh, every day I'm I'm surprised with a new piece of news with something, and I've been doing a lot of having a lot of downtime to say the least. You know, like this is the longest I've ever been in New Jersey for for uh, since I can remember since wow. high school, and um, a lot of uh, questioning and and kind of re-strategizing what I'm doing, which has been good, working on myself a little bit, but just trying to pivot and figure out ways to keep doing what we were doing, but in the new. Um, environment, I guess, of this, you know, post, well, not not really post-COVID yet, but hopefully soon post-COVID. Yeah, knock on wood, bro. Don't, like, <laughs> jinx it. You know what I mean? But did you, uh, now, was that a, a blessing in disguise or was it kind of a struggle just being home and having to sit put and lock in um, rather than traveling so much? I, I think a little bit of both. I mean, in the, in the big picture, I mean, it's, you know, I... I I'm blessed to be able to have a roof over my head and, you know, be able to have food on the table and all that stuff. So it's, you know, yes, life could be much worse, but it definitely was a struggle at times because I'm used to traveling. I'm used to being on the go. I'm used to, I'm used to, you know, hitting a new country and being able to throw something in the car and drive a couple states away and go just watch a pickup game or watch a workout, you know. Wanderlust. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was definitely a struggle to kind of change and get used to a new, let's say, uh, routine. Um, but, but it was also a blessing in disguise because, you know, some of the things that I wanted to reevaluate this summer anyways, kind of came early in March and I, I had a little, you know, a few months ahead to start thinking about that stuff. So that, that was definitely good. But, you know, I, I just, I mean, I'm curious to hear, um, you know, your thoughts and what you're sharing with people about that. But, you know, there's, there isn't, there's still no answer. No there's, answer. There's still no answer to no how answer. to operate in the, in the new world, you know? I got nothing for anybody, but listen, <laughs> anyone who, if you guys don't or have not listened to season one, I suggest you all go back and give a listen to season one of, of Hoop Chatter. Um, welcome back, everybody. If you don't remember Tarka, Tarka is, um, I'll, I'll let him explain what Tarka is, a, a FIBA agent as well as, uh, was it NBPA? Yep. Right? Um, so that, that's for you guys who don't know, that's an overseas agent and an NBA agent. Um, so he does a lot of traveling and a lot of recruiting and a lot of being on the move and owns his own uh, agency, Creation Talent Agency. So you can only imagine the kind of pivot that he had to undergo throughout you know, the coronavirus pandemic and everything. So um, not only are we getting back to the podcast um, and you know, the NBA season started, so we actually have something to talk about. I don't know when College Hoops is going to be back, but we're going to talk about that today a little bit with Tarka. And um, man, I can't wait to dive in, bro, on like, what is this like what does this mean for the overseas 
life and the overseas players and, and contracts. I know you were telling me on the phone yesterday, guys can't even, like some countries just aren't taking imports now. Yeah, so let's see, where, where, where do I start with this? I mean, every, every country has kind of acted a little bit differently since the beginning. Um, you know, as soon as it hit, I think, you know, you, you can refer back to whatever episode that was last season to, to figure out what every country, how they reacted. But, you know, even now, you know, people are still trying to figure out what the future is going to be like. So contracts are different. Um, the amount of imports in some countries are different. Um, the type of player that some teams are recruiting are different because of their budgets. And yes, at the end of the day, although some contracts are being signed, um, they just they don't know when the season is going to start, if it's going to start on time, if it's going to finish on time, if there's going to be international cups. So it's definitely an interesting shakeup of events from the overseas for sure. Dope, dope. So what's next for you? Like, what's the, you know what I mean? Like, what does it look like now that the pandemic's kind of coming to an end? Like, so does the NBA starting up, does that affect, like, do you pivot now and start recruiting more NBA guys? Um, knowing that at least you know they're going to conduct, uh, conduct business? Yeah, so it's interesting because the whole calendar is a bit thrown off now, right? So the NBA draft is now in October to where it's it's usually already taken place, right? I didn't even so know that. yeah, it's October 16th now. So the whole calendar of of overseas and NBA is is just completely separate now. So usually there'll be the summer league in July after the draft where guys, whether they're rookies or overseas guys, get to kind of do their tryout, right? And they can decide from there if they get an opportunity from NBA team they can they can take advantage of that. If not, they'll decide to go overseas. And then the guys that don't go overseas will stay for their opportunity of training camp or G League, whatever it may be. But now, that's not even until, the draft isn't even until October. So they have to either double down on themselves and take advantage of the opportunity in Europe now or risk it all and wait until after all that stuff gets sorted out and try and you know make it to the G League, which might not even start till January. So, yo, so did they specifically choose October? So, like, I noticed a lot of guys, not even a lot, just a couple big names were withdrawing from the draft and saying, look, I'm going back to school. Now, is that strategic because, like, why risk it? You know, I'd rather just risk it on college rather than playing with, with my career. I mean, you know, because it doesn't, it doesn't look like we're going to have a college season, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but do, do players around the, like, in the industry think that because the season doesn't start, until later that it's there's more of a possibility that we'll have one i think it was a combination of things i mean the 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 process that went into play of the early entry and getting feedback from teams is still in place right so like a handful of the guys are i would like to think most of the guys that decided to go back to college there was a reason for that and that main reason was that they're, they're not good enough or they're you know they're not projected to be drafted a real um, reason yeah a real reason i i would like to think um but there are definitely probably some guys that had different reasons. Now, again, I don't know, you know, there, there are some guys that decided, okay, I'm not going to take advantage of an extra year of eligibility. I'm going to try to go pro right away. Or, you know, if they graduated and they were going to get their master's somewhere and use that extra year and transfer and grad transfer, they're not going to do that anymore um, because some guys, you know, wanted to start their pro career or the opposite. Some guys are like, look, 
all the uncertainty, this is crazy, man. I might as well enjoy another year of college. Yeah. Even even if we don't end up playing a full season, right, like right. I get I get to work on my degree. I get to get it for free. I get, even if it's online, like yeah. so it's case by case. But I I, I don't know, man. There's there's not one there's not one cookie cutter answer to this. You know, everybody's yeah. everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Now let's switch over, right, from an opinion perspective. I mean, uh, put on your political hat a little bit because it might get a little political because you know these days. If you're like pro a mask or pro opening up, then you're automatically like a Trump supporter. I don't know. It's all like a weird formula. But um, from an opinion perspective, do you think that you know this the country's in a position to open up schools or to start NCAA sports? Um, you know, I mean, you could say you've been to college and you went to like a, a fairly smaller school like I did, right? You could say that colleges especially college sports in themselves are similar to like a bubble, if that makes sense. Like when you're on campus, if someone were to tell you you can't leave campus, it's not the biggest deal in the world, if that makes sense. So from a sports perspective, could you see like when volleyball and soccer, uh, you know, head into school earlier when no one's on campus or when basketball has to stay over winter break while everyone else goes home. Could you see a situation like that where maybe athletes are studying on campus as well as conducting sports um, activity during the pandemic, or do you think it's going to be a straight up shutdown, no college at all? Opinion. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I pause because I want there to be a season so bad, <laughs> but I, I just I don't see it happening because when you start to think about it, the reason why the NBA is successful is because they are literally in a bubble, right? You know, if there are people coming in and or out, they're strategically recorded. They, yeah. they, they quarantine. They got all the tests going. If they do test, there's a certain protocol in place. And for, you know, the 360 plus division one colleges for them to be able to do that. And that's just division one alone for, for them to be able to do that, um, as in depth as they need to do, uh, in order for them to succeed at it, it's just it, it's it's unlikely in yeah, my in it's my opinion. Not worth it. And and think I mean go back to think about college. All right, does that mean so are you allowed to order food out if yeah. a pizza delivery guy comes in? Does he have to quarantine before he delivers your pizza? <laughs> and like, yeah. is he going to be t- you know? There's just so many intricate um, situations where the NBA has the money and the resources and the planning staff to do that, and that's why they're successful and. Colleges won't. You know, you see what's happening with the MLB. So I just, I guess the moral of the story is, unfortunately, I, I just don't see a situation where it's working unless they completely tweak something and put all the teams in one bubble. My, not rebuttal, I was imagining, and I don't know a lot about the NCAA because I don't like the NCAA, so like I don't even, like I just don't even like engage as deeply as I probably should or could as like a, a youth basketball coach, right? But is the NCAA structured in a way where the SEC could be like, we're having a season and it might just be all conference play where everyone plays each other in a three-game series, but we're having a season and our schools will conduct and we'll bubble our campuses within our conference? Or is it not structured like that? I mean, yeah. they can. Um, I think the NCAA, the main reason for the NCAA is to be eligible for the NCAA championships. So if the if the NCAA comes out and says, hey, we're canceling March Madness, then individual conferences sure can have their own opinions of like, hey, we're just going to do a, a, a conference tournament and we're going to run it and we're going to fund it and we're going to 
we're going to deem a champion like we always do. You know, the, the NCAA doesn't really have hmm. have much to do with that. Um, I, I, again, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I, and, and I think so that's... E- even the NCAA, right? I'm imagining, I mean, my gears are just going like entrepreneur at heart. So I'm like brainstorming on behalf of the NCAA now. But like, even in a situation like that, where if you took the champ from each conference and then you bubbled those champions somewhere similar to they're doing in Orlando and did a tournament of only 16 teams or even eight teams, right? Like, my point is, do you feel like it's possible if it's forced? Or do you think that's, in your opinion, again, political, do you think that's irresponsible? Because you are dealing with younger, you know, it's not LeBron James, right? Yeah, it's... A grown man, you're dealing with younger... I I would lean towards... The, the irresponsible side. Copy. Um, just because, like, you know, if I was the head of it, yeah, I would do everything in my power to try and do what the NBA did and have everything, you know, down to a T. But the reality is that that's very unlikely. Um, and you just you just never know. Once you have the one case out of 200,000 where, the you know, a kid gets it and brings it home to the family and a family member dies, or a kid that's at high risk just mm. happens. To, it's just, it's, you know, one... One ruins it for the rest, and uh, and obviously this is a serious matter we're talking about here. It's a life and death, so it's yeah. like, how how do you justify that? You can't, and like, will you be able to sleep at night, or will you be able to live with you know something going wrong if you're a, a you know a member of the board of the NCAA? Which um, it's a bad question. <laughs> yeah, but- <laughs> because we've always been questioning their morals. But um, let's pivot, bro. Let's pivot more podcast specific as we run out of time here. Um, you know, we got the NBA season. We're going to be talking coronavirus for another five months. We're going to try our best not to, but at the end of the day, it's something that has to be addressed because I'm sure there's going to be more news released around it in sports that, you know, you have to be discussed in the media space. Um, but besides that, what would you like to see discussed or see more of, bro, in season two of, of the Hoop Chatter podcast? Uh, I, I want to have more guests on. Uh, I know we had a lot of guests, especially towards the second half of the first season, but I want to have more guests that bring additional value other than just coaching. Now, don't get me wrong. We got some exciting coaches lined up, some more Division One coaches, some international coaches, but I also want a little bit different perspective. So I want to have uh, more, more current pros, more former pros that are doing something other than basketball right now that they've used That's that... Fire. That 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 into you know that they've used their experience as a pro or as a college player, but they're doing something completely different. I want to have some of those. I want to have. Um, I've got an exciting guest that that we're trying to organize now. That's a that's an actor um, that just has a passion for basketball, right? So people that love the game of basketball but have never played organized themselves. So again, at the end of the day, just revolved around basketball, opening doors to so many different industries. So I just want to keep up the guests. That way, we can continue to give you guys added value um and if there's as always if there's anyone that you want to hear from or any ideas for guests just hit us up you know where to find us honestly um yeah guys uh, first of all i want to like definitely hit us up at hoop chatter podcast on instagram we don't promote the instagram enough but um hit the dms i mean you can email us as well but that's really the best bet to get in contact um, with the podcast quickly yeah we only got like 200 followers so like if you dm us like we'll get back fairly quick like we're not uh you know, super popping where we're going to miss anyone's messages. So if you're interested in being a guest or could see yourself on the podcast, or you're just a fan and want to get feedback, definitely follow at hoop chatter podcast on Instagram and hit those DMS. Now, bro, uh, I'm going to pick it back on what you said about guests. I definitely want more guests, but I want a more 
like cordial setting in regards to the guests. Like I want guests to come on just to be one of us, right? Like I know last season we dove into their stories a lot. Mm. We dove into like, you know, like it was like almost like an interview session, Mm -hmm. which is cool. Certain guests definitely that it warrants that. But yeah, I would love to have some of those same guests back on just to host with us, man. Just to share their opinion a little bit on some of these events. Um, just to kind of shoot the shit with us a little bit, uh, argue, debate some, you know what I mean? I would love to hear someone who has a different opinion than you in regards to yeah. the NCAA opening yep. up. And yep. we're just kind of getting after it a little bit on the podcast. I'm going to allow people to pour out their passion and not just, you know, be on the other line where we ask them, like, well, where do you see yourself in five years, you know? Yeah, I like that. I think we need to get some more agents on, too. Definitely some more agents on, if that's cool with you. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? I don't know yep. if you I, guys, yeah, I, agents I, get competitive, I, like... I, I got I got a couple lined up that 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 have mentioned they would love to be on the podcast. Parker so. said, "Ain't no competition." That's what he said, basically. Yeah, that's great, man. So, guys, listen. That's uh, this is episode one, season two. Once again, if you guys have not subscribed yet, please click subscribe and go catch up on season one. I would love for you all to see just the forget the progression from like the physical progression of how much better all three of us are at hosting and just being on the air. And then even the quality progression of like, yo, know, our videos, our, our uh, graphics, uh, you know, everything, bro. Like uh, our whole podcast, just the journey from when we started in January to now in August has been phenomenal and a lot of fun. I've learned to grow close with these guys, Rob and Tarka. Um, so I encourage all of you to hop in and join us on this journey. Like, Subscribe, all of that. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. What else are we on? I, I don't know. All the uh, SoundCloud, all the major pa- uh, podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe and join the Hoop Chatter family, man. We appreciate all you guys for hopping on. Talk and signing off. What you got? Anything? No, you don't want to shout yourself out? Your IG? Nothing. Yeah, you can follow my IG at Kevin Tarka, but we'll, we'll see you next episode. See you guys next episode. Peace out.